TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Hello and welcome to 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. Marcus Pierce here with you on our last day in Sardinia and of course the man by my side who I've been traveling with for three weeks and we have got a pinnacle romantic relationship. It is Dr. Damien Christoph. How are you brother? Well, I'm great, thanks PC. Um, I'm trying to not sound too relaxed, but I remember at the end of Ikaria, I was mm-hmm. talking backwards mm-hmm. and uh, I feel like I'm at a nice space having done Sardinia after um, completing a really great trip to Ikaria. Um, but then, you know, planning for Sardinia 2024 has been outstanding. The lessons we've learned have been unbelievable, yeah. like mind-blowing actually. And this is where we can feel as friends, as travel buddies, and as facilitators of our longevity experience. There's a lot of thoughts and conversations that we've been having. Um, we've been doing a truckload of work preparing for next year. Yeah. But it's all on the back of this inspired 17 or 18 days of, of travel. And our time in Sardinia has been, for a better term, intense. It's yeah. been, it is literally 100 times larger. <laughs> in yeah. landmass than yeah. Ikaria. And, and a thousand times larger than our expectation. It's, you know, like it's so big. Yeah. So um, big. It's bigger than Victoria. And we um we travelled a lot. Like I think we thought that Sardinia was small. That we kind of smaller get smaller than we thought. Smaller than we thought. And yeah. we also thought that we could do a Icarian experience in Sardinia. Yeah. Which we now know that we can't. And we travelled like yes, for example, just for example, yesterday we went um, to a different beach to where we are. Like at the moment, we're in Caliganone. Caliganone. <laughs> <laughs> Can't say it any other way. Oh, I'd say you. Caliganone. And, um, and we decided to go to a different beach. Caligolaritze. <clears throat> Golaritze. And if we had caught the boat, it would have been an 8K boat ride-ish, mm-hmm. something like that, as the crow flies. But we decided to take the scenic route and go by car. You know, the only way you can go by car is to literally go through the mountains, have a James Bond experience. Yes. Go through like some incredible, like incredible terrain. But up hills, round windy bends, hairpin turns, negotiating with little trains carrying trailers and <laughs> buses and people going slow and people going super fast. And like, and it took us, you know, an hour and a half to get there. Um, and we still hadn't arrived. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Plus an hour and a bit walk to the destination, then an hour and a bit walk back to where the car was and an hour and a half drive back. So um, that in itself was a journey. Um, d- but again, to be reminded of this, the enormous vastness of the, of, of, of the island, of the like island. in terms of the difference in the, the terrain. You know, mm. You've got this beautiful beach you know, areas that are lined by white sandstone cliffs, um, you know, interspersed with bluestone, you know, like stuff all over. It's just unbelievable. And then you get out of that, you know, beautiful space into the mountain regions where these amazing tunnels have been carved through the mountains and you see these rolling mountains like just into this into the clouds you know and and he realized that the they're shepherds, called the insane mountains they're called the insane mountains that's right and you know the the largest um 
is it ravine cavern? Oh, the uh, the canyon. 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 The largest canyon in all of Europe is actually here in Sardinia. Mm. Like, who would have thunk it? You know. <laughs> and then, so you see that you got the cyclists, you know, going up and down, and then. You, you move from that into these plains, like you go into the plains where the wild horses, the wild boar, the wild donkey mm. are, and we've got all images and footage of all of that sort of stuff. And um, and then you go from kind of there into these regional zones where there's, you know, wetlands and swamplands and all that sort of stuff. There's these regional spaces where that are set up for farming and grazing and all that sort of stuff, which are kind of different. So there's these four terrains, very much like what we'd see in Australia, but all compacted into one island. In mm. fact, at one point, our... Our um, contact here, Ivo Parisi. That's it. I think I said that yeah, right. Yeah, you yes, did. Yes, mate. I, I correct Got that. that right. Ivo Parisi. He uh, told us that at one point they were considering to call Sardinia its own continent because mm. it's so, it could be so independent from Italy. Mm. So quite amazing. It's been an incredible historical um, education for us in terms of reflection. You know, we've been going on some good drives together, having some good chats mm. um, over mm. a pasta and a wine and, and chatting about our time kilos in Ikaria and Sardinia. Yeah. Um, we've said, you know, are, are the blue zones dead? And it's a, it's a headline type uh, statement or question. Clickbait. Um, and we want to have a mature conversation around that because mm. we've learned some incredible lessons and it is probably more apt to talk about the generational change yeah. that is sweeping uh, the two islands that we've been to, the Greek island of Ikaria and the Italian island of Sardinia. Yeah. How have you found... That our conversations uh, with the younger generations, our observations of the older generations, um, and what that means on a larger scale for uh, longevity and then health span going forward. Well, it's been quite an amazing um, kind of mind blow for me, um, and an epiphany that the 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 longevity statistics of these islands were not coincidental, but they were by chance. If you know what I mean, mm, so, like shepherd lifestyle is in Sardinia, but it's not in Rome, so that's yeah. more by by. Well, there's yeah. there's there's that component of it, but there's a confluence of factors that meant that there was a, a period of time in the history of the world um, where the struggles of life mm-hmm. combined with the um, the features and benefits of the industrialized industrial revolution mm. um, met, and that enabled people who had lived a really tough um, life where they were fit and well mm. and um, and their diet was pure and uninterrupted mm. and their lifestyle was relatively um, emotionally stress-free to the but physically stressful mm. um, I think you know all of that combined with the emergence of fresh water proper sanitization medications um, a- appropriate um, medical and health intervention um, and then power, warm water, um, freedom to travel and for transportation, ease of hospitality, all of that sort of stuff, food preparation, um, storage, all of those sorts of things meant that the things that might have knocked people off earlier in previous you know, generations were now no longer knocking these people yeah. off. And like so, starvation as an example, what you said about refrigeration and... Exactly. Yeah. And do you know that um, that picture of evolution, evolutionary man, like you see the ape into, you know, yes. you know the you kind of, and you kind of see that here, like you see that here, but the fear that I've got, not that um, the blue zones are dead, and certainly longevity is not, and the pursuit for longevity is a relatively new thing because these people didn't set out to live to 100. Correct. That has happened to live to 100. Yeah. Um, what we're going to see, the, <clears throat> excuse me, what we're going to see in the future is 
gener generations failing to live to 100 because things are now too easy. And and it's it's I think it's that there's a choice that they can make around the foods that mm. they'll eat, the exercise that they'll perform or the movement they'll perform, the lifestyle integration that they'll engage within mm. um, and so on and so forth. So much so that um, it seems now something that's got to be more purposeful to live to 100 than something that we could just say, oh, well, we're all going to live to 100 because medicine is going to keep us alive, which is possibly true, but the quality of life at 100 would be questionable if we leave it up to medicine. Exactly. And this is what I've loved about <clears throat> our trip to Ikaria and Sardinia. Is yeah. I, you can feel a real passion and inspiration and like a spiritual strength and fortitude by the younger generation, the people that we've spending more time with. So we've spent time with a 93-year-old fisherman, Suli. You know, we've spent time with, you know, 91-year-old Vaso. We were in uh, Suello the other day or near there where um, Michaela uh, and Massimo's relative, I think her, her great-uncle, yeah. is turning 100 in a couple of days or yeah. a couple of weeks and yeah. we drove past him in the street and he's sprightly and they're chatting on the, yeah. on the bench uh, seat with his yeah. mates and he looks... A million bucks. A million bucks, yeah. Um, so I think this is the mature conversation is that longevity as a concept is more alive than it's ever been. Yeah. Um, yes, there's older people that are dying. Naturally, that's just, you know, welcome to, to life. But what I've loved is that the younger generation that probably feels similar to you and I are determined to not only for themselves live a great life but actually share that wisdom with others, like even listening to Evo yeah. talk about, you know, we're having bread and it's like the wheat that his dad, I think, cultivates. So it's yeah. that living for the next generation, passing on the wisdom, which I think uh, Suli or Thayer may have said is a very Icarian it's way like, of life. Yeah, very Icarian. It feels like on this trip, both in Ikaria <clears throat> and Sardinia, yeah. um, I, we have felt that yeah. even more yeah. than what we have in the past and that feels like the transformation of change in a good way yeah like the baton is being passed on yeah. to the next generation by the elders and they're saying here you go ideally take the lessons that work yeah. don't take the lessons that don't but um and pass the message on yeah yeah absolutely um which is really nice we had a conversation with yanni as we were driving back yanni being thea's son um as we we're driving back from nas to the airport in ikaria um, which is a good 90-minute kind of drive to get to Therma, then another 20 or 30 minutes mm. um, to get to the airport from there. And Therma's the hot springs. So for those of you who are just listening in and not too sure where things are, Nasi is halfway to the end of the island, um, away from the airport, and Therma is kind of all the way over, but on the other side of the island to where the airport actually is. So it's all, you know, there's big drives there, you know. But we're having a conversation with Yanni, and he was reflecting on the next generation. Yanni's only 27, you know, so he almost fits into our generation, <laughs> but he doesn't. You know, yeah. we, we identify with him. We get really close with him. We have some good chats with him, and he gets our humor, which we really like. Um, but his concerns about the future of Ikaria are probably similar to what, uh, you know, you, the listener, and you and me, PC, our concerns are for the future mm. of longevity in that, <clears throat> so much of life is now so easy uh, and th there's an expectation of, well, why wouldn't I just have access to that, mm. you know, as opposed to, oh, yeah, I need to work for that. You know, I see that in workspaces around the world, you know, people 
really struggling to find people who want to work, you know, want to do work. And then there's a big segment of populations that choose to stay at home and want to work from home. And, you know, that means there's a decrease in engagement. So there's a fear or a concern around how does longevity look in the future um, for even 27-year-olds, mm. you know. And, and I think we'll see that. We're not, we're not going to be able to um, be clear on that for maybe another yes. 10 or 15 years. Um, so in 10 or 15 years' time when I'm you know, 60 or 65, and we're up to episode 1,000 and something. Yeah. <laughs> um, we, we're not going to really know yeah. in, until then. And that's what we've been saying is the <clears throat> exciting part of these trips and our work together. We've been preparing uh, for Ikaria and Sardinia 2024 in, in our downtime here. And it feels like, um, and this is easy to say, but it's only something that we can experience, every trip becomes richer. Mm-hmm. Because we've got relationships, yeah. we, we, we know experiences and so on. But it also feels richer because of the um, connection that the people that we are working with have to what they're doing. So here in, in Sardinia, we've been learning about, let's say, food politics. And yeah. the big food politics at the moment is around um, the milk and the cheese from the sheep. Yeah. And the little farmers are being swallowed up by... Big agri, we might call it. That's here in in in, uh, in Sardinia. In Sardinia, yeah, yeah. And there's a movement <clears throat> yeah. um, for those young, independent, small businesses, yeah, um, to kind of defy, you know, the cheaper prices and the volume game, and focus more on quality than quantity. And yeah. that's the stuff that we love, particularly as Australians. You know, supporting local, supporting the farmer, going to the markets, knowing where your food comes from. That 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 strength or that presence, um, that desire. That's not waning for for, the, for those people. That's what I feel is we're um, enjoying seeing that, yes, there's older people passing away, which happens, but there's a real determination that, and it's not just a food movement, is it either? It's like that, that social movement of getting people together um, and actually engaging in the flesh and not doing, and not, you know, because we're, we're all coming out of this COVID bubble of that hybrid world and you know, Zoom and so on, you, you really feel here when we were with um, Evo the other day and we went to the Vinaccia, the, the little cellar with uh, his friend Tiberius and we're having the Vinaccia. And we're like, you know, why do you, why do, you do this? This was his great uncle's, you know, small cellar. It's, it doesn't really look like it's open to the public. It's kind of like Tiberius yeah. does it for Evo and some of and his, his mates, trips yeah, and his mates. Mates and family, yeah. But, but he does it because, it, it, you know, he has a day job. But like this is so, this keeps him socially engaged yeah. to the people that he wants to engage with. Yeah. Um, and I find that's a really powerful lesson. Our attendees felt that in Ikari, just that it's really important to be socially engaged yeah. because they don't get lonely yeah. uh, in Ikari. There's those great examples of many people living alone, but they don't get lonely. And I feel like that is a very rich message. Um but there's a lot of these messages, I know I'm rambling, but there's a lot of those messages that I feel like every time we come back, there's a new message or a deeper message mm. and it feels like um, feels like we're getting closer to the, to the core of what the next wave of longevity and life design might look like. Yeah, true. Yeah, true. I just want to go back to, I think, three points ago. Yeah. Um, in, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which was uh, food politics. Oh, yes. Yeah, yes. which is where you started off yes. with that, um, that beautiful long monologue there. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> just got a bit excited as, yeah. I, as I tend to do. Don't know if that's ever happened yeah. to me before. No, I don't think it's a first. It's a nice feeling. It's a first. <laughs> um, um, you talked about food politics and then um, Big Agri kind of taking the milk and buying and paying a price for that milk. We've seen that in Australia. Absolutely. Um, so we've already yeah. seen it. So 10 years ago, um, we had a situation, and, and maybe even a little bit longer, maybe 10 to 15 years ago, we had a situation where Big Agri was kind of taking over and it was all about volumes and um, and we saw that in the muesli space. That's where I went in from a forage perspective um, and a WBC perspective to kind of disrupt the marketplace mm-hmm. and say, hey, you can still have great breakfasts um, that are high quality, but you have to pay for that, you mm. know. Um, and I think that is tolerated by the population, the listener, <clears throat> to some extent for a period of time until it kind of normalizes. Yeah. And then you kind of see that um, people then go, oh, you know, Life's so expensive. Mm. I can't do the organic, free-range, seasonal, local, organic, whole. I can't do all of that all the time. I'm just going to settle for X, Y, Z. And I think that's fine. Yeah. Because what we've learned, and I'm writing an article for the GoVita mag, so if you listen to this and you you read GoVita or you shop at GoVita, which you should, um, if you... Uh, you know, if you're interested, there's an article going to the November Go Go Vita Mag that we've that I've just about completed writing, and PC's going to edit that. But we're talking about um, the Mediterranean diet, and what's important to understand about the Mediterranean diet is that's a component potentially of longevity. Mm. Um, if we're to kind of explore why people lived a long time. And what we said earlier on in the start of this conversation, what it was a confluence of factors. Mm. And so it, we're not necessarily going to see that as a population, everyone's going to live healthily to 100 just because they follow the Mediterranean diet. We're not going to see mm. that. And if we look around some of the little tribes, villages here in Sardinia, of which I think it's 14 different areas within Sardinia villages, have that proven longevity statistic there's probably more yes just haven't been included in the blue zone you've sent us to a couple that aren't on the list but are real hot spots yeah yeah so let's say it's 14 people per 2000 like if we if we look at that it's it's a very small percentage of people that make it to 100 Mm. there's probably a lot more that make it to 90 something and a bigger chunk of people that make it to 80 something but there's still people that die at 70 still people that die at 60 but i I don't think that that's going to change too much i think it depends on where does where do you guys, the listeners, where do you guys want to be? Mm. Do you want to be in that bunch that makes it to 70 or 80 mm. or 90? Or if you're still healthy and kicking goals, do you want to make it to 100 and raise the bat? Like, is that where you want to be? And maybe it doesn't have to be a pursuit of 100. Maybe it's the pursuit of a great, healthy, long life where you feel that everything that you wanted to achieve in your life has been fulfilled and achieved. And for some people, that might be as simple as, you know, seeing your children safe, happy, healthy, um, and well, and for other people, it might be you know having a beautiful mansion and a seaside village um, in Cala Ganoni. Cala Ganoni. Uh, well, it's such a Sardinia. great, it's such a great point that you raised because one of our attendees, who shall remain nameless, yes, at the early beginnings of the Ikaria trip, said, "I don't want to live to a hundred. Yes, and I said, "Well, is that because your Didn't vision you? of a hundred, yes, is you know lowered quality of life?" And she said, "Absolutely." Yeah. Um, yeah. By the end of the trip, yeah. That vision had changed. Totally changed. And, and we stretched her. We stretched her beyond her comfort zones, took her to different areas and things that she would never have otherwise done. And this is, 
the power of leaving whatever culture uh, the listeners or the viewers are in right now, whatever society, whatever country you're in. Yeah. This is the power of the distance and perspective of coming to places like Ikaria and Sardinia that, that have a rich history of quality longevity. Mm-hmm. And that wisdom is being passed through the generations and we can sense that every single time that we're here and, and there is contact with the elders that are still alive and well and can share the stories and are happy to take our interviews and yep. so on. So there's there's all of that, but it really does feel like that the vision that we have for our lives and the, and the beliefs that we have around getting older, I tend to feel like, Damo, that living in a country like Australia is just such a great opportunity and blessing to mm. live the life that you and I talk about, this 100 not out lifestyle. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. Because it feels like what we what we experience and learn in Ikaria and Sardinia is 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 very implementable. Yeah, very achievable. When we get home, you don't go, oh, that's only for here. Yeah. You know, you can actually bring so much of it back. I know you won't bring back the red wine vinegar, but you can bring <laughs> so much of it back. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> to wherever you live, you really can. And you know, I, I know that Ikaria as a landscape is so different. To Australia, I, I don't think there's anywhere in Australia mm. that looks like yeah. Korea. Maybe in the middle of yeah. the desert because um, it's so barren. But Sardinia is so much like parts of Australia. Mm. Everything from the Blue Mountains to the sweeping plains of Victoria, Northern Victoria. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know, to you know some of the the wetlands and the swamplands that you see up around the Murray. You know, like that sort of like we've. There's a whole lot of Australia that is packaged into Sardinia that means that we can easily live that lifestyle. I think I reflected on this with Evo was that I think that's why Italians found it so easy to migrate to Australia and the Greeks found it so easy to migrate to Australia because the lifestyle didn't need to change that much um, because it's so familiar. It's really interesting that you say that because at breakfast this morning, you were like, Pissy. Look at the equator and look at, you know, Ikaria and Sardinia. Yeah. And then look at, you know, Melbourne, I think you were saying. Yeah. Um, and the distance yeah. to the equator is very similar. Very similar. Which is almost so climactically yeah. um, similarities, but just it's that's a real, it's very interesting, isn't it? Mm. That that's where a lot of Italians and Greeks have settled. Yeah. Um, and there's no doubt that all of our attendees can appreciate a lot of the cultural and um, social and food and family elements that we experience here because they've experienced some level of that yeah back home yeah absolutely yeah look i hope if you're listening to this and you got this far um that you see that this is all still possible and then it piques your interest mm. to kind of wonder you know what could you be doing that could contribute to a healthier longer um life expectancy um and also i suppose i hope that when you if you've got to this point that you kind of go oh my gosh like all right, so it doesn't have to be the picture that's been painted in my fire, in in my mind as to how aging is going to take place. You know, if you've ever thought that you don't want to be a hundred, or you don't want to be ninety, you don't you want to tap out at eighty, like if that's where your mindset is, then maybe you might consider that that could be shifted or changed. I know that with every decade that goes on, um, I go, oh my gosh, I'm getting closer to the end. I don't want to tap out. You know, like I see people around me at fifty something, kind of you know, falling 
ill and you know dying um, and then I know that people at 60 65 are dying and then definitely more people at 70 75 are dying and then at 80 85 there's not a lot of people left um, and then at 90 years old there's not very many people left at all um, and then by the time we get to 100 everyone's expired pretty much except for the very few so I I often think about what can I do to enhance my longevity because I don't want to tap out um, not having given it a red hot go yeah and and what we've observed particularly with you know medical longevity and like you said the rise and the and the many blessings of modern medicine yeah what if you want to tap out at 80 but you can't. the meds are going to keep you alive for another 10 years yeah and you, you know? wish, and you wish you had have moved more yeah um, or done whatever it was going to take to yeah be healthier at that point you yeah know, rather than keep it being kept alive for another 12 or 15 years on medication and you know, oxygen masks and all kinds of stuff. All the rest of it. So, What does that look like? Yeah, and I think, you know, if anything, this conversation has definitely opened up um, that possibility of, of what does the rest of your life look like mm. and how much quality uh, do you believe that you can put into the quantity. Um, yes. And I think this trip, uh, both for us personally and then professionally with our group, has <laughs> opened up our visions for yeah. what the future holds. And if you'd like to join us in 2024... We're in Ikaria, uh, August 22 to 31, fly back to Athens, and then we go to Sardinia yep. the very next day for 10 days of our inaugural Sardinian longevity experience. That is September 1 to 10. Uh, for all the details uh, and to express your interest in joining us, all you need to do is head over to 100notout.com um, and we can set up a call to share all the information with you. We thank you for listening or watching this edition of 100 Not Out. Damo. Pissy. We fly to Rome together tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, and then I bid you farewell as you fly out in the evening. I fly home the very next morning. Thank you for an incredible almost three weeks together. Yeah. Uh, this is the first time that I can remember that I've had a bromantic holiday, a holiday with a mate. <laughs> Um, yeah, we yeah. both multiple times on this trip said we would love our wives to have been here Yeah, uh, for various reasons. Uh, that hasn't been the case, but you have been a great substitute for a wife, <laughs> one of my best mates. Yeah, for most things. For most things, yes, not those yes, things yes. that your mind went to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but busy. for all of the, yeah, the emotional stimulation, the conversations, the traveling, uh, the facilitations, um, for everything that you've done for me and for our attendees on this trip. Uh, couldn't have anyone better um, on this path and I thank you for your, your generosity of spirit and heart and energy and can't wait to do it again with you next year. Oh, thanks, PC, and I echo that sentiment um, and, um, yeah, I, I too can't wait till next year. It's going to be unbelievable and and knowing what we put together for Sardinia, uh, I'm just so excited. I'm, obviously, I'm perpetually excited for Rick Aria, but I'm so excited for Sardinia. Nothing actually. like a bit of novelty, is there? Oh, Something my gosh. New. It's yeah. going to be ridiculously good. So yeah. Anyway, for those of you who get along, you'll love it. For those of you who don't get along, we've got these other longevity experiences that you'll be able to join in with throughout the year in Byron Bay um, and in Melbourne. So just Drop an exclusive right there. Um, yeah, we'll give you more information about those <laughs> moving forward. If you've made it to this point, you deserve to uh, <laughs> hear all of the mic drops. All of our big announcements yes. that we're planning and preparing for uh thanks again for your company and until next week continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life bye for now 
This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.